One, does anybody not bring it? Everybody has their copy? I know my students. Nessia. Give one to Nessia. Yeah, this is for Nessia. Oh, I thought, oh I, you thought you have yours. No, no. I was just being the gentleman. Ah, good. good. <laughs> I, I was surprised that you left behind. You are very dependable. Okay, so what we, we were in the middle of page 168, um, and what I was trying to prove at this point, that the, the, the uh, issue of, of delay of Pidyon Aben may not be as critical as a delay of a the concept of a Brit Milah. Because a Brit Milah, it, the right that has to be the eighth day, um, and unless there's a medical reason, it's the eighth day. Pidyon Aben, on the other hand, though it may be considered from the Torah, on the other hand, even under normal conditions, if it's a Shabbat or a Yontof, it's automatically pushed off anyhow. So I began to, to look at what happens if it's not the, 30, the 30th day, and uh, let's say the 30th day or the 31st day of Shabbat, is it possible? Should it be done Saturday night? Uh, and those kind of things. And there are some who actually say that it should be done Saturday night. But the, the main thing was in the middle of the page of 168. One who delays the pidyon, the redemption, does not transgress the commandment. That's the real critical n nature for me as I began to analyze what that meant. Because if, indeed, you transgress the commandment at that point, that means that every day you transgress the commandment. That's what a Brit Milah and, and, and delay a Brit Milah is. If you don't, then there may be extenuating circumstances that would allow you to delay it and still not go against the, not do a transgression as such, go against the law of the Torah. Okay, and, and that's where I was at that point. You don't. You just don't. The same as you bris milah, it doesn't count. I mean, basically, if you do a bris a day early, halakhically, it's not a brit milah. It's a circumcision. No, right. No. In this case, it, you have to wait to that period. Okay? So, what we are at the point of about the second last paragraph where it says, once pidyan event has been postponed. Everybody have it? Okay. So we'll start from the back this time. Michael, since uh, you know, P.J. You could, and you and Larry weren't here last time, you can start it. What's the P.J. Is that where you want me to start? Yes, please. Once the P.J. has been postponed, is it possible to delay it further? Most authorities suggest that it should be done as soon as possible. However, the Madina Baham to Orach Chaim states, Mila Afal Tisha Bar's Zmana with regard to Brit Milah, each moment after the eighth day is an appropriate time for the ceremony, since one should not remain uncircumcised. However, once the Pijon have been as passed, it is possible to delay This is a major, uh, like, you know, hook on which I can now begin to 
enlarge upon the issue. So once Brit Milah is, is done, the person is still uncircumcised, therefore not part of the covenant, therefore halakhically he should be circumcised as soon as possible, even if you miss the eighth day. However, according to the Magin Avraham, who is a, a commentator on the Shulchan Aruch, once Pidyan Aben has passed, Yecholin Litchoto Yoter, it can be delayed even further. Still part of the covenant, still part of the, the people of Israel, etc. Again, we showed last week that every male has a Brit Milah, not every male has a Pidyan Aben. Okay, and that's really the key in terms of the nature of the delay itself. Okay? Betsy, we'll just go paragraph by paragraph, see if you don't mind. Ah, okay, so what I need to do, and if I'm going to, you know, say that it's possible to delay, I have to build my sources together. I have the Magin Avraham now, who is clearly a, medi a close to a medieval source, you know, 16th century or so, post that, um, dealing with the Shulchan Aruch. I have a modern person saying, or later means later, not necessarily on the 31st day. Finally, burning on. Clearly, that's not the way you should do it. But did so. Okay, meaning it bismana means bismana. Okay, makes sense. You don't push it off because oh, we want you know. So, them to come, the airline, they're, they're busy kids, are, the brother's taking an exam someplace or whatever the case may be so it happens with girls namings all the time people wait forever well we can't really get everybody together until we get everybody together and you're naming kids six months after, a year after etc okay, you don't. What you all know that you don't wait for the, the Brit Milah, if somebody can't be there the Brit Milah goes on so the question is in terms of the Pijanamen, is it closer to a Brit Milah today or is it to a girl's naming from this beginning source of the uh, the tshuva of Rav Moshe Feinstein, what would it be closer to? Pidyon Aben or, or Brit? Brit. However, keep going now. Yeah. Okay. Here, Rabbi Feinstein clearly seems to be of the opinion that one should not delay the Pidyon in order to allow friends, relatives, and the wider community to be present. However, then he adds, however, if the father refuses to do the ceremony before Sunday, it can be held on that date and the mitzvah will have been accomplished, 
just as if it were held at its proper time. Pidyon HaBen, at its proper time, is important so as not to delay the mitzvah, but one does not transgress the commandment if it is delayed. So what have I, I have three major sources here. One, a comment on the Shulchan Aruch. One, a Eugene Cohn, which is a, you know, an okay source. And Feinstein, that's a good source. Okay, that's a good source. I don't care if you're Orthodox Conservative Reform. Okay, finish it off. Rabbi Feinstein thus seems to allow a delay in the ceremony at the insistence of the father for what seems to be not very compelling. He wants a larger crowd. Okay, you want to wait until everybody can come. So... Well, well, but but it but allows you again. What you have to look at in halakhic literature is is it mekil or machmir, whatever he says. Okay. Bottom line: is it str- more stringent or is it less stringent? Bottom line: less stringent. You shouldn't do it. It's even appropriate. Doesn't matter how big the crowd, because you may say, well, I won't wait till this Sunday because it's Super Bowl Sunday and nobody will come. I'll wait till the week after, and oh, well, the week after it's going to be a snow. They already predicted a. Sn- that's what happens when you delay things. You all know that in your lives. If you don't do it right away, what happens? You get it done, maybe, but it's going to be delayed. How about a funeral, though? Is that lahavdil, of course? Funeral is a little lahavdil totally in this case. I mean, it's not the same thing, okay? The delaying, I'm talking Right. I understand. So the, the question of a funeral is, is a Torah law of halanatamit? You're not supposed to leave a body unburied. Okay? And then you have the issue of kavod hamit. And they run into one another. So, I mean, I had it last week. Okay? Halachically, you can bury on the second day of Yantuf. Okay? I'm not saying those who don't keep second day of Yantuf like the Reform Movement in Israel, but halachically, you can bury on the second day of Yantuf because it's a midoraita of halanat tamet. The second day is a rabbanan. Okay? So, the question is I had a funeral last week. Okay? I got the call. Joyce Geron, heir of Yantif, would I do the funeral? And I said, no, I won't do the funeral on the second day of Yantif. And I said, for a couple of reasons. First of all, is it possible to do it? Yes, it is possible to do it. A number of my older colleagues of the, of the past generation did them second day of Yantif. They didn't necessarily, even if they dro- didn't drive on Yantif, they had somebody else drive them. They made sure they didn't do some of the tearing, I mean, etc. It is possible. However, in my mind, People wait today for all kinds of silly reasons. There's clearly going to be Chilul Yantuf, not only on my part, but on other people's part. And that, to me, overrides the fact that you can wait that extra day anyhow. So, in, you know, until there were no, when there were no Sunday funerals here, which, as you know, for, my, for a major part of even my rabbinic career here, People didn't wait so long. If you had a bury, if somebody died on Thursday, you either buried them Friday or you waited till Monday. Now that there are Sunday funerals, people tend to wait longer. Basically, in New York, if you die from any day, Wednesday on the funeral Sunday, because oh, people can come, etc. Well, it's not halachically appropriate. So you have you have these conflicting things. And I've said to the family, you know, I won't do it second day. And they wanted it at the synagogue. I said, for sure, I'm not going to open the synagogue second day. No, no, I mean, and they understood. There are members here, for their members here for a reason. And Joyce, you know, Marv have been here for, you know, for four, fifth, almost 45 years or something. But there are others who said, all right, then we'll go to the reform movement. And I would say, okay. 
Okay? Because, but I'm not going to, at this point, do Chilol Yantar, because I'm not going to be comfortable, etc. When am I going to meet with people and write a eulogy? I mean, it's not going to happen. And give a eulogy, etc. How about Quote I met in that case, people will wait. They'll wait. They won't wait in Israel for a family to come in very often. As you know, they bury at night, especially the Jerusalem people. They will sometimes, if you really put pressure on, you will wait up to a point. Okay, up to a point. But, you know, well, they can't get here for four days because they're Shabbos. Then that's not appropriate. They'll come for the Shiva. That's why there's a Shiva. So, within limits, I work with people. I, I try to convince people to bury quicker than otherwise, not only for Kvot Hamet, but having gone through a long period of Aninut of the period when my mother passed away and Pesach, and the second Pesach, which was Thursday night, and we couldn't get back to Toronto on Friday, and then I couldn't get around for Shabbos, and Easter was Easter Sunday, was Easter Sunday, we had to drive with a funeral to Monday. I know what it is to be in limbo and not to be able to do that. So I tell people, I've been there. I know how difficult it is. Try not to wait because it's not good halakhically, and it's not good for the mourning family. But in our case, my mother was no choice. I couldn't do anything unless I got in a car Friday or Shabbos to drive back to Toronto, which clearly was not going to do. So, each, you know, today, everything is negotiations. I'm very serious. Everything is negotiations because you're also negotiating with a funeral home. You're negotiating if, it's, if somebody's out of town in airlines and, if you're, and negotiating with a cemetery and everything else, you know? I did a funeral last Monday on Memorial Day. There were a lot of Jewish funerals on Memorial Day. I was very surprised. Cemeteries didn't want them because they had all kinds of uh, memorial services there. But because Tuesday was Arab Yantuf, the Jewish community said, as long as you're willing to pay for it, we'll do it. So, all these things, everything... Nothing is simple today. That's all I'll say. And not because people want to be bad, evil, or anything else. But it's just the way life works. Okay? All right, conclusion. Based on these sources, I therefore conclude one, the mitzvah of Pidyanathan should be encouraged among conservatives. Okay, and remember, this was written a few years ago, and you can see the Jewish Federation of Jewish Men's Clubs came up with an entire program, um, and, I, and I think it's a good thing to do. Zealous, zealous just the zealous perform mitzvah as soon as they are able to do so. If we do not do so, we are unfair to the tradition's response to the timeliness of mitzvah and the need to adapt our lives to both Jewish life. Three. Should the 31st day of Quran, Shabbat, or Yantar, the Pidyan Ben should occur during the daylight hours on the next possible date, Sunday, or after the second day of the festival. Or, these dates are not agreed to by parents that it is possible to hold the ceremony during the evening hours. Okay, I have those sources, so again, it's not preferable, but if you're not, they're not going to do it, I'd rather them do it, and you can do it in the evening. I showed you that from a source, that it's possible. I, 
Yeah, yeah. But I said I showed you that it's possible to do it in the evening, beginning of the source itself. All right, Jerry, once you finished up. If the parents persist and for their own reasons want the ceremony to take place on a date later than on the 31st day, then we may allow it on the authority of the Egrot Moshe. That's the Feinstein. And the fact that most authorities do not believe that one transgresses, yeah, transgresses the positive commandment each day. Perhaps our opinion is best expressed by the Saver Ahinuk Mitzvah 392. Even though this mitzvah does not have a fixed time, since any time after the 30th day is possible for Pigeon Haven, even so the pious will do the mitzvah as soon as one is able to accomplish it. Okay. And as you see, this was accepted unanimously by the movement. So when people asked me the question, I said, Yes, I know the answer because I've written it. Egrot Moshe Feinstein. Egeret is a letter. A letter. All right. The next one I wrote was in 1996. Dealing with anesthesia and brit milah. Sorry. That's the bar. That's what the wine was for. Well, you see. <laughs> what? Well, Moshe Feinstein was the great halakha Orthodox uh, posek in the died only about twenty years ago in the, on the Lower East Side of New York. Okay, so this was actually this was one that I did in nineteen March of uh, nineteen ninety eight. Um, it's a, I have one from 1996 which I'll give you afterwards but this one actually this one was this one was actually uh, again one of the questions but I deliberately wanted to write it because of the nature of there was a whole art, number of articles around that you know you're desecrating the body which Jews shouldn't do Brit Milah Etc. There's pain caused to the kid. It's just inappropriate. It's barbaric, etc. And I said I need to take this upon myself and do the research. And I did the research in books by speaking to Moalim, by being present, obviously at Britot for a number of times. And I thought it was a very important shuva. I learned something new this year, which I, which I will append at the end uh, as we do the shuva. Okay, Sam. Uh, may anesthesia be used during a Brit Milah? The mitzvah of Brit Milah is one of the most important and long-standing of all Jewish traditions. Periodically throughout history, there have been attacks against the ritual. The enemies of the people of Israel have seen it as a barbaric rite, and members of the Jewish people who have serious concerns about the ritual and its practice have raised significant issues. Recently, questions have been raised concerning the pain experienced during circumcision. Most circumcisions are performed on eight-day-old male babies, and therefore it is very difficult to evaluate the nature of the pain that may be present at that time. However, circumcisions can also be performed on males who are older than eight days. These can occur when a male converts to Judaism and is not circumcised, or when a Jewish male has not for some reason undergone the halachic procedure at the proper time. Examples of this latter omission may include the population that was born during the Holocaust, when a brit milah was a death sentence. 
Jews would have joined the Jewish people from Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. Remember, this was 98, and this was going on all the time at Mount Sinai Hospital here, for instance. Where circumcision was not practiced among the general population. And even some Jews born in the lands of freedom whose parents did not wish them to undergo the procedure. Okay, so this, I mean, again, this is 98. It's now almost 20 years. But it's, I believe it's as current today as it was then. The question has arisen whether it is possible to use anesthesia for the person undergoing a brit milah. This question has been raised not only by those who are affiliated with the conservative movement, but by those of other movements as well. Rabbi Michael Kesbron raises the issue of pain during the circumcision. Rabbi Ovadia Yosef also raises the question. And you can see below I have quoted the sources. But perhaps Lisa Bray Vermas offers the most serious challenge. This was an article that occurred in Tikkun and really was very disturbing because it was picked up by lots of people. She was on the West Coast and said, you don't need Brit Milah, it's barbaric, the Jewish. I don't, you know, I don't want to submit, subject my kid to it, etc. So you have to get out there and say, look, there's nothing I can do to convince you, but if it's the issue of pain, then I can give you some sort of remedy. She is a freelance writer whose two sons underwent the breed procedure. Having witnessed her two sons crying during the procedure, she now wonders whether the procedure should be re-examined. Her concerns are probably those of many parents who contemplate the procedure. And since their lives are not totally enveloped within the halachic framework, they therefore look for opportunities not to perform a brit milah. Okay, and, and I, you need in this day and age not to simply say to most parents, well, that's halacha. Not going to fall. And, men, and people who don't really care, you have to then give all the other reasons as well. And if they're going to give you this issue of, well, the, I don't want my eight-year-old child, and again, you know, we, we encourage uh, both parents to be present, especially the responsibility of the father to do the circumcision. The moel, who in most cases does it, is the shalia. We encourage women to be present, but there are mothers here. I can tell you that most, many of the mothers don't want to stand anywhere near it. Okay? Between the hormones and the, nat the nature and nurture issues, some of what I talked about this past Shabbos, they don't want to be present. So, it, is it only the you know? It may be the females in particular, but it doesn't necessarily have to be those who demure and say, "I just don't want to have this done to my child." All right, Larry. Please. She writes. We must also address the reality that Jewish parents are questioning circumcision more than ever before. Some find the pain and risks problematic. This reality is far from bleak. Each of these concerns reflects a deep regard for Jewish values. Jews are questioning circumcision for Jewish reasons. In my own case, questioning the right was only dependent on my love for Judaism, that deepened my love for Judaism, and strengthened my Jewish identity. This it thus it behooves us to re-examine the issue of pain during the circumcision, possible solutions which might be available both from a medical and a point. Okay, so this is why I actually wanted to get into this one because I think it was a critical issue. Don't hear it too much in our community, but it was out there. And I think the conservative movement needed to make a statement. All right, Al? In the case of an adult, there is no doubt the pain is present during the surgical procedure. Is pain a necessary requirement for a proper relaunch to take place? Now, that's, this is a, most people would say, what kind of stupid question is that? 
The answer is it's not stupid, it was dealt with. And you're going to see that I had to deal with it because there are scholars who said pain is part of the procedure. Okay, Avram was an adult. He accepted upon himself. There clearly was no anesthesia at those points. So the question, as I looked and began examining the sources, what we think clearly in our day and age to alleviate pain is simply a natural thing. The question was, does there have to be some pain involved with a brit milah? And that's the first question I had to deal with. Rabbi Meir ben Aaron Yudah Arik, in his work Imre Yosher, contends that pain should accompany the circumcision ritual. He bases his proof on Abraham, the first person to be circumcised. He suggests that the patriarch received a double reward from heaven for enduring the pain of the procedure. He also bases his argument on an element of omission. Since the rabbis knew of and accepted pain-reducing medication during medical procedures, the fact that they never wrote about them in the context of circumcision suggested to him that they should not be used. Okay, so commission and omission. Well, clearly that's a, that's a decision out there. That's a, it's a comment out there. Uh, it's an opinion out there. If I'm going to suggest that we can use anesthesia, I've got to refute that. Okay? Whether you like the idea or not, that's, there's an opinion out there. Okay? His view has been severely criticized by two recent scholars, Rabbi A.L. Barron suggested in the matter of enduring pain during circumcision, we do not follow the example of Abraham, our patriarch. We follow the commandment of Moses, our rabbi from Sinai, and there we did not learn that one must endure pain during circumcision. Aha, okay, so we don't follow Abrahamic law, we follow Mosaic law. Now, the Moses in circumcisions, was Moses circumcised? presume so, remember he was picked up after three months, he was Kitov, there's a whole concept of Kitov, including one that he, like Jacob, was born Mahul, already circumcised, one of the Midrashim, but you remember the very difficult story with Zipporah, and, 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 and she circumcised, very difficult, totally un, not understood by any of us, it sounds there as an apotropaic kind of thing, a prophylactic kind of thing, he doesn't do it. He's in a sense punished. She has to pick up the flint. She does the circumcising. All the rest. That leads us to say the Moalot may be possible in a positive sense. But clearly in the realm of understanding here, a very difficult story. Very difficult story. So you can't really use that as part of it because it doesn't talk about it. But the answer to the question is, this person above, the Imer is following, filing Abraham. Well, we don't puskin by Abraham. We Paskin by Moshe. So we well, we need to look further than just Abraham. Hold it, just hold it. My question is, as I remember the press, that they take the... Just the, the hold that, hold that. Forget, forget to give the wine right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, because the answer to that is, that's only going to be permissible if I say that ultimately any kind of anesthesia is possible. If you have to endure pain, then wine is not possible. I don't care. It it's numbs it. I, I can tell you when, when Shmuley had his bris, we think that he, he had a sugar high. He went not he literally had so much wine, we think, that he was shaking. Literally shaking. Brian had and had, had to calm down Adasa. It was a, a just you know, this is an eight year old kid and you're giving them sugar. Because they're giving them wine well Think about it. I don't know if that's so good for their system either. 
And I'm not a doctor. But... <laughs> it is his contention that pain during circumcision is not a necessary requirement of the commandment. Okay, now here's another. Yovadi Yosef is, though a Spartic posik, is a major, major posik in Jewish life. Since there's no obligation to be in pain during circumcision, and the fact that the rabbis did not mention the use of pain-reducing medication is not proof whatsoever to dis- You can't simply take the argument from omission. Okay? In fact, most halachic authorities agree that in the case of an adult male, local or a general anesthesia is permitted. For example, Ephraim Ashri was asked the question whether it was permitted to administer an anesthetic to a 10-year-old child. A group of boys had been hidden during the Holocaust, and the parents deliberately avoided circumcising them so they could pass unnoticed among the Gentiles. One 10-year-old boy refused to be circumcised unless it would be promised to him that he would not suffer pain. Dr. Oshri allowed the anesthetic to be administered. Now, Ephraim Oshri was really a phenomenal posseg, literally in the in the camps. Um, as you see, Shelot Chuvot Mima Makim from the depths. Uh, in most cases, they're written after the. He had a puskin on the spot, but did a lot of the source work afterwards. Um, but here you have an exact, ex, you know, case where ten-year-old kid wanted to be circumcised. Okay, under the most horrible of conditions, and said he didn't want to undergo pain. Okay, we're not talking psychological pain here, we're talking physical pain. And here, Rabbi Oshri says it's permissible. Okay, so the, what I've been able to show so far is a yachid as such, an individual, a singular person at least, as I interpret it, said pain is necessary, and the weight of Jewish tradition is that it's not necessary, including the Ovadia uh, Yosef, uh, including Oshri, these are all Orthodox rabbis, clearly, okay, to say that it's not necessary, you can't learn from the omission, and therefore it is permissible now to ameliorate the pain that may be present. Do we know that if you, know, if you ask doctors if, if, they, if the child undergoes pain, there are differences of opinion because of the nervous, the development of the nervous system at that point. But most doctors that I've spoken to say that there is some pain. But if you'll notice again, when, when a brief me life takes place, if you're up close and personal, let's say, you will notice that the baby usually starts crying when they put down the legs before anything happens. In other words, the freedom, the, the lack of freedom of movement is normally what gets the child something's happening. So there is a nervous system that seems to be sensitive to something happening to the body even before any kind of cutting goes on you'll notice many times the baby will start fidgeting and everything because they seem to be able to kick freely and now all of a sudden they're being restrained most Moalim today will use the Brit Mila board as it's called and strap down in my cases the two Brit that I had for my grandchildren that was not the case in Israel, we, the guy basically took a diaper and wound it around the legs, and I had to hold them straight. And in Boston, when, when uh, my second grand, grandson had his brief milah, basically it was a mohelet, and she basically said, you just hold the legs. Just hold the legs, so let me tell you. <laughs> All right? That's the way she did it. I, on a pillow, 
Sammy was on a pillow, I held his legs, etc. On my lap. On my lap. Pictures approved. Okay. Nimol. The Nimol is now the person who is circumcised. It's a passive form. Nimol. Okay? The person who is circumcised. The baby. Kavana. Do you need Kavana in order to have a mitzvah? Okay? We've, lo- we've learned... Well, but it's a question. Okay? The question becomes, you need Kavana. We've learned about in Rosh Hashanah you need Kavana, mitzvot tzvichot Kavana, etc. This is one of the great mitzvot. Does the baby need Kavana? Because if the baby is awake... You could say there is the there is a sense of kavana. The baby allows it to happen, but if you give the baby anesthesia and therefore it is unaware, then maybe it's a problem. In a legal sense, Maral, it may seem like silly questions, but in a legal sense, you have to answer everything. Because what happens if somebody says, "Well, in order to perform the mitzvah, you really have to be awake totally." All right. And in which case, anesthesia may not be allowed. If, if, on the other hand, it is possible to say that the mitzvot, that's the kavanah here is not necessary, then it doesn't matter if the baby is awake or not as such at that particular moment. Are we speaking of here a typical or a general? You, I'll come to that yet. I'll come to that question yet. I first of all have to prove that, 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 that it's possible to use something. Once I get into the something, I'll give you examples of what's possible. Question. What, what, sorry. So if it's coming up, who is doing the mitzvah? Let's keep reading. That's what the question is. Sri Daesh is also, they came through the, uh, the Shoah, after the Shoah. Sri Daesh means a, 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 mayesh, a person to have firebrand saved from the fire for Shoah. In other words, he's saying if the totally do it, if it's a okay, but a general at eight, at eight days old, we don't do a general anyhow. But in theory, again, what happens if it's a little bit later? If it's not the eighth day, okay, it's it's a ten year old. And I'll give you personal examples of those things, and you'll see. Okay, so we're not simply dealing with eight-day-old babies. We're dealing with anybody. Okay, with anybody. Somebody who converts to Judaism at the age of 15. I don't know. Do they have to be awake when this occurs? And the response of Ovadia Yosef is, no. It's the person doing, to answer your question, the Brit who has, the, has to have the kavana, and even before, let's say, they put them out as such, he can say, in, I'm of good mind at this point, you have the permission to do to, to a brit milah on me. 
So it's not just the eight-day-old kid. Breed me laws, breed me law, whenever it occurs. Okay, Ron? Since these scholars have permitted the use of anesthetics on an adult during the circumcision, what should our opinion be with regard to an eight-day-old child? The issue of Kevinoff, even if it is a category that must be present, does not apply since any anesthetic that might be administered will be a local one. You can't give an eight-day-old baby in general. In fact, if Kevinoff is an issue, it is important to recognize that the mitzvah of milah is incumbent on the father, and he can either do the brit milah himself or appoint a mohel. Okay, meaning the kavanah itself is actually the person doing it, supposed to be the father, halakhically, but the father appoints a shaliach, in this case the mohel. The major issue left to answer is that concerning the issue of pain. Why it is difficult to judge the pain element uh, in such a young baby, many medical researchers do believe Do believe that so this might be that they be indulge indulge some pain. While the pain may be inconsequential, um, researchers do believe that infants do experience pain with at least short term significant pain. Sequel life. You notice I had to look into medical literature. If indeed some pain is present in, in the circumcision procedure, then a study uh, reported in the Journal of American Medical Association that newborn that receive a significant significantly less pain could be used to, uh, to our advantage. Even if this is a case, uh, it should be, it should make no difference whether the person being circumcised is eight days old or older. We should be able to use the same reasoning to allow the use of anesthetic medication in the circumcision procedure. While this will not uh, alleviate the concern of inference with regard to the procedure on, on, the, on the young children, having it available will at least allow the mohel to use it and calm the concern. Uh, we can therefore respond positively to concerns of parents such as Lisa Braver-Moos who wish to, to follow Jewish traditions but have reservation about the procedure. Okay, so again, I'm trying to alleviate some of the concerns of parents who are saying, I don't want my child to go through it, at whatever age. Okay, again, if, you, if let's say the mother is willing to convert the child at the age of seven. There's clearly going to be pain involved. Okay? And says, I'm not willing to subject my child to that. Now, I have been in, um, in, in at my old congregation, I converted to young boys who had come from Poland who had not been circumcised. Um, somebody was um, 11 years old and somebody was 18 years old, um, or 16, I forget. And we went, I went down to Mount Sinai Hospital and we gave a local anesthetic to the older child and a general to the younger child because they felt that the younger child could not be still during that time. One of the Moalim was present with me and clearly a urologist did the actual operation at that point. 
Okay, that would not have occurred if I couldn't find some reasons for anesthesia. Okay, never mind an eight-day-old baby. Here were two kids who wanted to convert, who no fault of their own, etc. The mother got involved with with me in the congregation, and she thinks she was Jewish, wasn't sure. Somebody said, "Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things that came from Eastern Europe, not unusual." Okay, in the 80s when I was still there, <laughs> happening all over, even before the you know the, the wall fell, etc., and went on all through the 90s in that room. We're going to come to it right now. As to what type of anesthetic application should be used, I leave that to medical professionals. There are some that perform the procedure who are also physicians and who use either a dorsal penile nerve block or a ring block through an injection. Recently, a new topical cream, Emla, has appeared on the market. There are some Oralim who find it very useful and still others who are not sold on its use. However, all agree that these methods can be used during the procedure for an eight-day-old child. As for a person who is older, either a local or a general anesthetic can be used. Okay, so I learned something this year. So in terms of which general anesthetic, I don't remember. Because that was my job at Adam, uh, was anesthetics. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have known because Curry was under hospital things and, and they, they administered what the urologist asked them to do. I, I don't know. I, 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 read, I teach a life cycle class in the Valver the Gesher program um, and I continue to learn from my students, in many cases my, the parents as well. Um, and one of our, the, the oceans are both doctors. You have, we had the bat mitzvah here only a couple of weeks ago. She is a pediatrician and I, I, the question came up and I said about anesthesia and I said I wrote it I know it and there's things like an EMLA and she said you know EMLA is not accepted anymore I said really I said why because there have been some um, bad thing I don't know the exact word you know some uh, you know like you see on the, on the television use this thing and then it quotes an hour and a half of, of everything can go wrong you know something can go wrong most people are not using EMLA She's, and she sent me something about it. I said, I'd like to see it because I've okayed it. I, clearly, I say here it's up to medical professions. So very often today, what you'll see is there will be a penal block thing, which is, a, which is basically an injection. Okay? I don't know exactly what it is, you know, in that sense, to go back to your question. There may, some of them may use topical things. There may be something new. This was written. I haven't examined it since. It's not part of my area. Uh, there are some who do it. The concept of the wine is based on the same concept, okay, to dull the sensitivities of the baby. But you can't use that clearly if somebody's, you know, 7, 10, 12, 40 years old. That's not going to dull their sensitivities to the same realm. And as I said, I saw it myself, um, you know, with, 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 with my older grandchild Israel, we, he just was shaking after the bris. And Brian was convinced it was almost like a sugar high. It went straight to his system uh, in that sense. So I don't know how much you administer and everything else. And normally it's the, the Sunday who needs the wine more than the kid, yeah. right, frankly, because they're ready to pass out. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's really the case. You know, I was the Sunday basically. Uh, for, for a reason.